All right, my name's Matt, and uh, if you're here for the first time again, we'd just love to say a very warm welcome to you. It's great to have you here, and uh, trust that this morning will be an opportunity for you to connect with the love of God and, uh, and go away feeling encouraged and uh, nearer to God and, uh, and uh, excited, more excited about your journey of faith. So that's our hope for you this morning. So. Um, can I just say too that uh, the volunteer thank you party this Friday, I know that, I know what people think when we talk about volunteer thank you parties, they go, oh, it's probably not really for me, I've only just done a few little bits and pieces, it's like, it doesn't matter what you've done, if you've done any little thing, we, come along, come along and party with us, we'd love to have you there, so, uh, so do, do make that uh, something, and you'll, I tell you, I guarantee you'll have a lot of fun too. We, like, um, we just like celebrating and having fun. So, All right, hey, so a little while ago, uh, when I was at university, uh, hang on, that's a little longer, it's 1980-something, <laughs> so, but I, I discovered when I was there that there was this thing called a student work exchange, which meant that... Uh, there was a certain number of places for people from New Zealand that could go and work in their summer holidays in, in the United States. And there would be a certain same number of places for people from the United States that were studying that could come to New Zealand and work in their summer, our, our winter. And I thought, this sounds like a cool opportunity. So I uh, looked into it, and you know, obviously you've got to... You, all you do is you get the opportunity to work. You've still got to go find a job when you get there and find work out where to stay and what you're going to do. So but I thought, oh, this will be great. This will be, could, be, could be great. Maybe, maybe it won't be, but it could be great. And um, so and I talked to a couple of friends uh, about it. And one of them said, like, that sounds fantastic. We should do this. And so and another friend that I talked to, he was like, oh, but I've got this job at summer and that, that kind of helps me get through university through the year and you know, there's no guarantees of work when we get there and um, not quite sh-. And he just looked at it and just thought, oh, I just can't, can't do it. And so the two of us, we went over and we, did, we, we just had the, an absolute life-changing experience, you know, just... Uh, uh, I just turned 21 while I was there, so that's the sort of age and stage it was. But just look back, and you know, we still get together, this, you know, the friend of mine, and we just talk about the stories that we we shared and uh, the things that happened, and uh, and we're still friends. The three of us are still friends, and we'll talk about the time that we had. When we even got back, and we were talking about all the adventures we had, and the guy that said no to the invitation, uh, he sort of looked with a little bit of regret in his eyes that, uh, that he didn't jump on board and be part of this big adventure. And it's, we're, we're looking at this series at the moment, we're talking, called it Looking at Life with Luke. And um, today we're just going to look at, the, I guess, the rewards that come from, from saying yes. And you know, sometimes in life, Often in life, it's the yes that leads to the good things. And like I say, it's, it's, it's quite sad when we get together with these two friends still. They're still friends today. And we talk about some of these stories of this adventure we had 30 years ago. And he's still got this look in his eyes like, I wish I'd have, uh, I wish I'd have gone. So, 
So we're going to look at that today. And because Jesus makes invitations to us all the time, big invitations and some small invitations. We're going to look at some of the invitations that Jesus made in Luke's gospel. And, uh, but as we go through this, it's just so important for us to know that uh, Jesus continues to make invitations to us today. An invitation to know God that uh, Albert was talking about this morning. And, you know, an invitation to let go of sin. An invitation to choose love. An invitation to follow him in the big things of life, as well as the, the everyday things of life, the small things of life. And, uh, and every time we get an invitation from Jesus, we've got to work out what's our answer going to be. It can be a lot like a, um, you get invited to a Facebook event. And you've got three options. You've got yes, you've got no, and you've got maybe. And like a lot of people go maybe because I think like, I don't want to make a decision just yet. Something better might come along. And the danger with the maybe, though, is that eventually the event's passed. You know, like, and if you've said maybe and you don't go, you don't get to go to the event. So, so let's look at some of these invitations that Jesus made and, and the responses that happened. But let's just pray as we, as we start. Father, I just invite your presence here. Again, this morning, we're grateful already for the opportunity we've had just to open our hearts to you and express our love to you in worship and, and in communion, just remembering your, your sacrifice for us. And, and we remember your body broken for us, your blood poured out for us, but we also remember this, the incredible resurrection from the dead that gives us hope and, and life um, f- you know, forever with you, God. We're so grateful. But we pray that you would open our, open our hearts this morning. For each one of us, there'd be something that you would speak to us, whether it's through these words or just through the thoughts that come from, the, you know, from this time together, God, that you would speak to us and plant your good truth and your good life in our, in our heads and our hearts this morning. Amen. Hey, and I hear that Stanley was here last week and uh, did, a, did a great job, and I was... Uh, had to listen to his message. Stanley's not part of our church, Stanley Ross. And uh, so I was just thinking that if you get bored with me this morning, it's on the website. You could just plug your headphones in. You could listen to him instead and just that would, that would work. So, uh, but he, if you'd like to, uh, to listen to Stanley at any time, uh, he did a great job last week. But we're going to get into Luke chapter 5 this morning. All right. So the invitations of Jesus. Luke 5.1. One. one day as Jesus was standing on the lake of Gennesaret. Now, who's, who's heard of the Sea of Galilee? Yeah, it's the same place. Okay, I don't know why they, you know, like some places have different names. The Lake of Gennesaret is the same as the Sea of Galilee. It's in the northern part of Israel. It's where um, Jesus. It's in the area of um, Galilee. The whole area is called Galilee, and then below that's an area called Samaria, and then below that's the area called Judea, which is where Jerusalem is in. So just a little bit of geography there. Uh, so, so he's up in that area. He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. So here's the scene, is that you've got these fishermen that have just been out. It's like morning, so they've been out the whole night. You'll see that later on. They've been out the whole night fishing. And it's not like kind of fishing. It's like getting whole nets throwing them in, possibly between two boats, dragging them, pulling them all back in again, seeing how they go with their, with their fish. So that's all night, and this is their job. Okay. So they're 
finished for the night, they've come in, they're cleaning their nets, picking out all of the weed and the stuff and sorting out the tangles. But they're close enough, whether they've done this intentionally or not, but they're close enough to be able to know that Jesus is just over there teaching the people the word of God. And what happens is that the preacher guy, Jesus, comes over to them and asks if he could use one of their boats as a preaching platform. So it goes on. He, verse 3, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. Now again, Simon's the guy, and I know that a lot of you know this, but Simon's the guy that down the track we see that Jesus gave him a new name, Peter. And he's Peter the Apostle. Okay, but because Peter means the rock, and he says, like, I want to give you a new name because I'm going to, you, in, your life in me will be like a new identity. So this is Simon Peter, okay, it's the same guy, Simon, and asked him to put a little out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and, and taught the people from the boat. So Simon Peter, he's obviously, the first invitation was, Can I borrow your boat? And like, like most people don't let you borrow their boats. Okay, you know, you know that if you're like, you can't borrow, no, you can't borrow my boat. So, uh, but Simon Peter said, yes, yep, you can borrow, you know, after a night's fishing, yep, you can borrow the boat. And uh, asked him to put out a little from shore. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. So this is the next invitation from Jesus. The first one was, you know, it's just like, can I borrow your boat? Yeah, yeah, okay, you can borrow my boat. The next invitation, a little bit more is involved. A little bit more, like, let's go out into the lake. Let's go out deeper and let's put your nets down again. And Simon, Simon Peter answers this. He says, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. That's a bad night's fishing, when it's your job. This is their living. This is how they earn a living. We've been out all night, and we haven't caught anything. And then Peter's, Simon Peter's response, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Pretty interesting story, eh? Pretty interesting story. But there's some things that we can learn from this about the invitations of Jesus. And, uh, and the first thing, like, you could probably have go, read through that and you'd probably come up with a bunch of things to learn as well. I've got, I've got four things from this story and then we're going to just finish with a, another story of invitation for another one of Jesus' disciples and we'll finish with that. But there's four things just from this story that I, I find that's just so helpful for us. Is that saying yes to Jesus' invitation, it leads to good things. Saying yes to Jesus' invitation leads to good things. More fish than the boats could carry. Like, I'm hoping that they didn't, you know, it says, like, we've got so much fish that the boats begin to sink. I'm thinking, like, I, I, 
surely you didn't pull them all in and you sunk your boat. Surely not. But they would have got in there. Just the water's just about coming over the edges. And um, so much. Just remember, this is their livelihood. It's their income. So the day's gone from, okay, kids, it looks like it's baked beans and toast you know, tonight for dinner, to like, we're going to Disneyland in the holidays. You know, it's like, it's just like so different in terms of this, the livelihood and the income that, that came. And uh, saying yes to Jesus leads to good things. Saying yes to living God's ways leads to good things. Saying yes to using your time and your energy and your resources for God, it leads to good things. Saying yes to his invitation of forgiveness and peace and freedom and life, it leads to good things. Second thing we can learn, oh, just, just on that, saying yes can sometimes be hard. Sometimes unexpected things happen but it will be good. Second thing is that Jesus' invitation can be inconvenient. can be inconvenient. Oh, I'm really tired. Oh, I've, got, I've got other plans. Oh, this is, this is going to take some effort. And I know that, that you see a lot of these things floating around and social media and like a stream of thought that says, like, you've just got to be good to yourself, be nice to yourself, and look after yourself. And, and, uh, and absolutely, absolutely. But some people take that as just like, that's what I do in my whole life. And yet those things are intended for people that are like just working hard and going and just making a difference. And it's more just like advice to say, like, hey, don't burn yourself out. Because if you burn yourself out, then that's no, you're no good at all. But some people just think, like, oh, this is my default position. Like, social media tells me just relax and pamper myself and just relax a bit more and just a little bit more. And uh, I'll tell you, the people, the people that you look up to in life, there are people that, aren't those kind of people that just uh, asking themselves, like, how can I just uh, pamper myself today? You know, I deserve it. I need to... So, do you want to grow? You know, do you want to grow in your journey with, with God? Do you want to grow in your life? Then the invitation that Jesus will give you it can sometimes be inconvenient can sometimes take energy and, and be, be challenging, but it will lead to good things. It will lead to good things. When Jesus' invitation came along for, like, for Simon Peter, it was inconvenient, wasn't it? It was like, like it must be like, people, some, a lot of people here have done night shifts. It's like, how do you feel at the end of night shift, like in the morning, like ready to do another shift? <laughs> no, you just want to go to bed. Well, these guys have done not just a night shift, but like these guys are fishing. It's hard work. It was inconvenient. And Jesus says, um, let's go fishing again. Let me give you some examples of inconvenient. You're driving to a meeting, and you've timed it well. You've pleased with yourself, you've timed it well, you've worked out traffic, you've left at the right amount of time, you're going to get there on time. And then you drive past someone 
that's broken down on the side of the road and you just get a little bit of a nudge, like you should pull over and help them. That's inconvenient. It's inconvenient because it'll, if you do that, you'll be late for your meeting. It's inconvenient. About, uh, four, about six weeks ago, I got a call from my dad and he said, uh, oh, just letting you know, and he's always just got that, my dad's always got that, like, oh, everything's fine, you know, but it's just like, same tone of voice, hey, just want to let you know that mum's in hospital. I'm like, that's not like... And um, I'm going, like, oh, what's going on? Is it like serious? No, no, I'm sure it's nothing. You know, it's like she's in the hospital. So, um, and, you know, should I, should I come over? Is this like, because yeah, she goes into hospital from time to time and sometimes I get the phone call and sometimes I don't. And should I come over? Oh, no, no, it'll be fine. Just letting you know, just keeping you up to you know, speed. And I'm just like, oh. So he sounds so kind of relaxed, but then why did he ring? And then so I said to Jacinda, um, you know, this is what happened. And she said, you should, you should go. And I'm going, yeah, but he said this, not like that big deal. And she said, you should go. And, and one of the things I've realized that over my married life is that sometimes the Holy Spirit sounds very like, a lot like my wife. So, <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> and... Um, Even around, like, picking up the stuff on the floor and things. <laughs> um, but I just thought, like, I just need to go. It's not convenient. Um, and so I went over, and they were hugely just, like, they were just so, so grateful. You would never have known thinking about the phone call. Like, oh, no, don't, don't need to come over. It's fine. And then you go, and they, you can see just so, so grateful for coming over. My mum's fine. Um, had to do a bunch of tests and things. But uh, it just wasn't convenient. At another time when um, this is, you've heard of this thing called life hack, so things where people give you like really good little advice. This is a life hack for you, okay? So, like, I've got Sky TV on, and the thing with Sky TV is that you can have this thing called multi room, which means that you can just for like $15 a month, you can have another Sky decoder in another part of your house. And I built this little kind of office shack thing right, right down the bottom of my garden. It's quite a long way from my house. And I ring them up and said, like, hey, um, you know this multi-room thing? Like, does, this, like, does it have to be attached to the house? And Because and, uh, I'm thinking, because like, if you get multi-room, they have to feed, get the feed to where you, you've, you're going. And when it's on a different building, they have to put a whole new satellite dish on your, on your roof to get it. And I'm thinking, like, so can, like... Like with this multi-room thing, so like you guys like put the dish in and pay for the whole dish and yeah, yeah. and like and like and how long do you have to have it for? And they say, Oh, you can just have it for one month if you like. I'm thinking fifteen dollars and I can get like a satellite dish down on my little shack down in my office. I'm thinking this is sweet. So anyway, so that's like some little handy tips for you there. Uh, but this guy came out and to install this this dish and um and just as he was doing it, I just, I just felt this nudge to say, like, ask him about his relationship with God. I'm like, what? The sky guy. Um, <laughs> and um, so we ended up having this, um, this big discussion, and he was in a pretty um, challenging relationship. His girlfriend was a, a drug addict, and, and he was just trying to help her, and he was just in this place where it just was 
he just could feel like it was dragging, you know, his, and we just had this massive big conversation, and we've stayed in touch as well, so, and it's just, um, and being able to give some input and advice and help, but it wasn't convenient, you know, it was like, I just and was thinking, like, he's just going to stick the thing on the roof, and then away we go. Um, So when you get a nudge, when you just think like, I wonder if this is God speaking to me. But you think, and sometimes you can think, oh, probably not because it's inconvenient. And surely God wouldn't ask me to do anything inconvenient. I just encourage you to maybe just stop. I think, I think maybe, maybe it is Jesus inviting you to do something. And just remember that Jesus' invitation, when you say yes, it always leads you to good things. Third thing I get out of the story is that Jesus' invitation may not make sense. Like, he just again, let's just go back to to Peter, Simon Peter, and he's going like, so he gets this invitation from Jesus, hey, go go back out and catch some more fish, and and he's he's he just picture it. So so Jesus, here's the thing. It's like I'm a fisherman. This is my lake. So the, the Sea of Galilee is about three times bigger than the size of Lake Rotorua, about a quarter the size of Lake Taupo. So it's not like massive, but it's not like tiny either. So, but you can just imagine him going, Jesus, like, this is, this is where I fish. Okay. I know the spots where the fish are. I know to read, how to read the wind. This is what I do for a job. We go out every night. I know the bays. I know the little headlands. I know how to fish this lake. We've been out there all night, and it's just not happening today. So, Jesus, um, you're not making sense. You're not making sense. And Jesus says, have another go. I know you've heard this story, for those of you that have been coming along a number of times, but just and I went over to England and lived there for three years in the 90s. And when we felt God speak to us very, very clearly about going, and I won't go into the whole story, but it was a really interesting story how God spoke to us in a number of different ways to lead us to go there. But the thing is, is it didn't make sense. England was in the middle of a, of a recession at that time, and jobs were hard to get for people who were English let alone people coming from the other side of the world to try and get a job. And, uh, but we went and we just felt that we would give this 30 days to get, to get a job. And we stayed with some friends while we were looking for jobs. And I'd go to recruitment agents and they'd say, like, like you've come to here to, in just the worst possible time. But good news, jobs, I've got jobs in Saudi Arabia for you. <laughs> I, all right. Good news, we can get you a job up in the Shetland Islands, and, uh, which is the kind of north of Scotland, and it's a um, pretty challenging part of the world up there. Um, it, just didn't, it just didn't make sense for us to be there to get a job, and we said, we're going to give this thing 30 days, and you know, did a lot of applications, a lot of recruitment agencies, and got a lot of no's, and for those of you that have gone looking for jobs, it's quite demoralising, eh, when you get no's all the time. It's like, no, no. You just need one yes, which is the thing that kind of keeps your hopes up. But 
no, 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 and you're just like, oh. And then, and then day, 30, day 29, I get this phone call from a guy. He's like, hey, it's just like I'm just, your CV just landed in my, my intro and, and you might be just the guy we're looking for. I'm going like, really? She says, can you come in for an interview? I says, yes, <laughs> I can. And, um, and we said that we wanted it to be in a certain area of where we felt God had spoken to us about being, which is in Oxford, right in the centre of England. And, uh, and this place, this job was within that sort of distance from there. And, um, and I get there, and it really wasn't an interview. He's basically saying, like, here's your job. And, um, and, and I found out down the track that they had advertised. So they hadn't advertised this job, but they'd advertised almost an identical job about four months earlier and had 170 applicants. It's like... Can you imagine like some inexperienced Kiwi guy applying for being one of 170, but like just God provided, you know, in the midst of something that didn't make sense. God did good things. And I know that when it comes to this whole thing of making decisions based on hearing from God, it can get become a bit of a murky area. Um, like, how do you know if it's really God that's speaking? And uh, I've got a friend, and he felt like God say this, and he did this, and it went really weird. And like, uh. and so with that, I want to tie this whole thing into like saying yes to Jesus' invitation, to an encouragement to all of us to to grow in our ability to hear the voice of God. And the two things that uh, I'd throw out there today, and it's only just scratching the surface about this, is that one is, is it's so important to be people of the word of God, our scriptures, that we, we, we know our scriptures, we know that the, which are the, it's God-breathed words given to us for our, so that we can know God, we can know who he is, know his ways. And uh, would just so encourage you, know, you to, to be someone that, that reads your Bible. And... Uh, so, you know, if you come to me and, you know, it might, be, it might be Lou, he might come to me and say, like, Matt, I feel like God's spoken to me about how to uh, resource the ministry of the church. It's just like, I've got this friend and we're going to rob the Westpac. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, Lou, Lou, it's like, it says in the Bible, do not steal. It's like, oh, okay, okay. So, you know, there's just... It's just so helpful that we, and now just like, we pastored the Vineyard Church out in West Auckland one time, eh? And we had a guy in our church who was a bank robber. Seriously, true story. He's a bank robber, and his, his, him and his dad, they would rob banks. And, um, but he came to faith, and uh, he didn't do that anymore. We just kept encouraging him. Like, the finances are fine, mate. We're doing fine. You know, we're. Um, But Jesus said, you know, John 14, 23, Jesus said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. And the other thing with this, about hearing from God is have, having good people in your life to bounce things off. Like as, you, as, as pastors here of the church and there's many others as well, but we would love to be people that are uh, sounding boards. It's like, hey, I feel like God's saying, saying this. What, what do you think? And just, just working it through. It's so, so helpful. So sometimes the invitation from Jesus may not make sense. 
But, um, but we need to be people that take a risk when we feel Jesus is inviting us into something. Because good things come when we say yes to Jesus. Fourth thing I get out of this little story with, uh, with Jesus and Simon Peter is that faithfulness in small things leads to an invitation to bigger things. Faithfulness in small things leads to an invitation to bigger things. As we look at the next verse in the story, then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Remember how Simon had just pulled up all of this fish and realized, like, I am with someone here that is a, a man of God. And it just exposed his lack of faith. And his, it, it just, it's almost like he just could see, like, I'm, I am almost unworthy to, to actually even be in the same boat as you. And Jesus says to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore. They left everything and they followed him. You know, Matthew, in the book of Matthew, the account of this says, Jesus said, come follow me and I'll send you out to fish for people. You know, the first invitation, what was the first invitation? Can I borrow your boat? Can I borrow your boat was the first invitation. The second invitation was like, hey, um, let's go out deeper and throw your nets out after your, your big night fishing. And then his third invitation was, join me and let's go change the world. Join me and let's go ta- change the world. And look, I know that, that some of you here have, have quite possibly felt that God's spoken to you about something that he's going to get you to do that's going to make a real difference. It's going to be a big thing. And then when an invitation comes along to maybe do something a little bit small, the temptation is to go like, I don't want to do that because I might be too busy doing that to then be able to say yes when the big invitation comes along. And yet it may be that God is wanting you to be doing the small things so that he can build into you and grow you into a person that he can then use to do the big things. So I don't know what God may be nudging you to do. You know, is it to, you know, is it a, is it a can I borrow your boat or is it... Will you go out fishing one more time? You know, is it to be a light in your workplace? Is it to be a part of looking, sewing into our children on a Sunday morning? Is it about um, you know, contributing some of your resources to, the, to, to finance some of the, 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 the ministry of the church? You, know, there, there are, you, you won't know this, but there's some people in this church... And from time to time, they just give a really big chunk of money to the ministry of the church. And uh, all I can deduce from that is that they are people who live life just with an ear turned toward the voice of God. And, and then when God speaks to them, hey, you know, I'd like you to do this, and it's going to cost you. They go, of course we'll do that. Of course we'll do that. All right, how are we doing? You still with me? 
Okay, I just want to say something because when you talk about saying yes, almost certainly there'll be some people that are here that are, have had some challenging experiences uh, through life where a, a Christian leader that's in the position of authority has, uh, has asked them to do something and that thing has been very self-serving for that leader. And you've kind of said yes, you've kind of felt like you should, and, um, but then you feel down the track, I've been taken advantage of, I feel like I've been manipulated, I'm feeling pretty brassed off. I've, I don't know about the church, the church has really hurt me and, and, and burnt me, and I just don't know about that. And yes, this stuff happens. And there are people out there that are doing things in God's name that is very self-serving, uh, unfortunately. And, uh, and yes, you are right to think that that is not okay. Because it's not okay. Um, but the fact that you're here, I would hope, is a reflection of the fact that you haven't given up on, on church or if you've, if you've been through that situation. Uh, and... I know that we put these messages on our website, and so if you're listening to it online now um, and you're not wanting to come to church, my, my encouragement for you is that, uh, you know, is, is to be courageous and look for a community of people that uh, where the, they have leaders that genuinely do have a heart for wanting the best for you and wanting you to, to step into the fullness of all that God has for you. It breaks my heart hearing some of the stories where um, uh, things have happened like that. Um, but I'll tell, you that, I'll tell you this too, I know just dozens and dozens and dozens of godly leaders and pastors and people that are just pouring their hearts out for the, you know, for the, to, to want to sow in and, and, uh, and see other people become all that they can be in God. So, and, uh, you know, sometimes... Even in the midst of those things, that God, God can will use imperfect people to to help you to grow, and uh, it can be the way that you engage with that. I mean, we've been in situations where we've gone like, "Oh wow, that was what was that?" And, uh, um, but there's a very corny phrase that I'm going to say out here, but it's actually quite true: is that in some of those hard times, your your attitude can determine your altitude. I know I don't normally say corny things, but it's quite—it's actually quite true. You know, your attitude can determine your altitude. You know, where you, and God will often use some of these things to grow you. And uh, so, I just wanted to acknowledge that—that, that, uh, and that's not so much saying. So, in the midst of those things, always the challenge is: Is this? Am I saying yes to Jesus, or you know? And because this is the key thing here: is that we say yes to Jesus. Let me finish with this. Jesus invites another one of his disciples in, uh, in Luke 5. There's a chap called Levi, and we're lucky enough to find an actual picture of Levi that was taken of Levi. Um, it's, it's, not, it's actually not true. Uh, but they didn't quite have cameras going back then. But um, Luke 5:27. after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. 
Let me tell you about tax collectors. Like, if you're a tax person, like, we love you. Uh, you're okay. Uh, back, back in the day, back in Jesus' day, let me tell you about how, what the deal was with tax collectors. Like, Israel, the nation of Israel, had been conquered by the, Rome, the Romans. So the Ro Israel was part of this, this worldwide Roman Empire. And, and when another country takes over, they get your taxes. That country gets your taxes. So Israel as a nation wasn't benefiting from this taxing. It was the Romans coming saying, oh, you're part of our empire now. Um, we're in charge. You're going to give us some taxes. And so it's hard enough paying taxes to your own country, isn't it? When you when other ones that are like uh, building the roads and um, I'm sure they do other things as well, your government. Uh, but um, the... But to give your money to another country, imagine if that was Australia. Oh, no, we like Australians. We've got to be nice to Australians. So. But imagine having to give all of your taxes and it went to another country. So the, the, the Israelites were like not that happy about paying taxes to start with. And then what the Romans did is that they'd find Israelite people that would be the tax collectors. So... These, that all, you have to have pretty thick skin because these people would be coming all day long and measured, stinking taxes, you know, given to the, and it, but it was one of their people that was taking the taxes. And the other thing that you've got to know is that a lot of the people that became tax collectors did it because they saw a real opportunity for themselves and that often stick a couple of extra percent onto the taxes because they couldn't just Google up what's the latest taxes. So the tax collectors would just tell a story and say, no, it's actually the tax is this much percentage and, uh, and you're going to pay it. And they would they'd often be skimming a whole bunch off, off the top. And so that's why when you read about tax collectors in the Bible, it's like, tax collectors, you know, we hate tax collectors. It's because they were, they were crooks and they were ripping people off. And like, I don't know about you, but like, I just hate it when I see anything where people are getting ripped off. I just want like, that's just wrong. So there was, so this is why the tax collectors are such a, get such a bad rap. And this is Levi, the tax collector. They were hated. And this is what Jesus says. So after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. What? And Levi got up and left everything and followed him. Just turned right around. Then Levi had a great banquet for Jesus at his house. Um, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect, so these are the religious people, they complained to Jesus' disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And here's the last thing that we can learn from these invitations of Jesus, is that Jesus invites us into a better future. He invites us into a better future. And, and what would have happened is that Levi would have seen Jesus' ministry. He would have recognized this is a man of deep goodness. And, and possibly even already was feeling a conviction of the wrong that he'd done. And it was just, and Jesus just came up to him and said, like, hey, Turn your life around. I've got good things ahead for you. 
And that's the thing when Jesus invites us into a better future. Like Levi was a crook. He was a crook, very likely a crook. And, and Jesus says, like, I know, I know your crimes. He says it to all of us. I know your crimes. I know your mistakes. I know where you've hurt people. I know where you've done things and you wish you could just go back and change it. I know all that. But then he says, but how exciting is our future together? Levi, the, you know, this is the, the bad guy. And here's the thing, is that we read in the scriptures too that Levi got given a new name. And the name is Matthew, a name I'm very familiar with, it's my name. And Matthew means gift of God. So this bad guy, so, so we see this guy, this hated traitor Jew, gets given the name from God, a, you're a gift from God for me. It's so, so cool. And Matthew is the one who wrote the gospel of Matthew. Matthew is they just called Matthew the Evangelist, goes on to see just a lot of people come to, come to faith. Kieran and Rebecca got married in a church a month ago called St. Matthew's in the city. The complete other side of the world, 2,000 years later, Levi becomes Matthew. He's got his name on a church in Auckland, New Zealand. Jesus invites us into a better future. It's always his invitations is into a better future. And uh, those invitations can be hard, but in hard things you grow and you have an opportunity to become more and better. The invitation can be to change and it'll always be a change for the good. Sometimes the invitation is to make a sacrifice. But the thing is, the way God has set everything up is that you always reap what you sow. So if you sow in sacrificially, it will come around and, and good things will come. I was finished with this one story. It was just down and uh, seeing my uncle and auntie down in uh, Bethlehem just on Friday. That's the one just north of Tauranga, uh, not, the, not the birthplace of Jesus. So, um, it could have been the birthplace of Jesus, but it's in New Zealand. I heard that uh, like Australia was a place that Jesus could never have been born because they wouldn't be able to find any wise men. But I just heard that. I, 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 don't, be- I don't believe that, but I just had heard that. Um, so we're in Bethlehem with my uncle and my auntie, and, um, and they were just telling a story about their granddaughter, so my cousin's daughter, and who had, the, had about two years of, she's six, so she had about two years where she had infections, like all that sort of, you know, where you have passages, either ears and nose and adenoids and tonsils and different things. She had about two years of these infections, and they live in Invercargill, and they couldn't get, they've, they've got her on this list, to get an operation to sort it out, and it's about two to two to three. It was about two to three years waiting list by the time they actually worked out what was going wrong, and the doctors just keep saying, oh, "I'll just keep giving you painkillers and antibiotics." And and he was, my uncle was telling me the story about he he was telling this to his Christian friend, and um, about this, and then he and uh, when they connected up, they hadn't seen each other for a while. And he gets his call that afternoon, and his friend says, hey, um, we want to we pay for a private surgery for your granddaughter, about like $5,000. And 
and you just my, my uncle and auntie, as he's telling me the story, you just see the just just welling up, you know, just the emotion of this, this kindness. And what there, what there was is just someone, again, that is just leaning their ear to be hearing the voice of God. And, and then when they hear it, they go, wow, $5,000. It's like none of us have really got that just to, to give away. And, uh, but he just felt like God speak to him and say, like, I need to do this for this, this young girl that he, he hardly knew. And she's since had the operation. She was getting like bleeding from her stomach before this all happened, which they couldn't even work out how this was all tied in together. And so since she's had this operation and everything's just completely sorted out, you know, she couldn't even go to school because she was in so much pain and couldn't hear because her ears were blocked. And, um, and now everything's just, just sorted. So, such a delightful story. But um, it's just a story of people just hearing that voice of God and being willing to say yes. And... I tell you, I have a vision of of our church that we are a people that that is our those are our stories. That just day by day we're just tilting our our ear to to do our best to hear God speak to us, to hear the invitation of Jesus. And sometimes it will be he'll be speaking to us about some things we need to do differently. Sometimes it will be like, I need you to give $5,000 to a, a child so that she can get an operation. But that that would be the people that we are, people that are so committed to following Jesus that we will say yes in the small things and in the big things. Challenging, but whenever we say yes to the invitation of God, always leads to good things. <clears throat> 